President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received a delegation led by retired U.S. Admiral Philip Davison at the presidential office. Davison is an outspoken supporter of Taiwan and during his tenure as head of the U.S.'s Indo-Pacific Command had warned that China could make a move on Taiwan by 2027. During the meeting, the former gave words of praise for Taiwan's democracy and civil society, calling for more cooperation between the U.S. and Taiwan. On his fourth day leading a delegation in Taiwan, former U.S. Admiral Philip Davidson sat with President Tsai Ing-wen. This delegation led by Mr. Davidson is the NBR's first to Taiwan since the pandemic. I would like to extend my warmest welcome to you. During his term, Admiral Davidson watched security developments in the Taiwan Strait very closely. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your contributions to the security of the Taiwan Strait. Our discussions over the past few days have underscored Taiwan's vibrant democracy and civil society, addressed the range of actions that the PRC takes towards Taiwan, and highlighted areas in which the U.S. and Taiwan can continue to foster and strengthen their relationship. Back in 2021, before retiring as head of the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, Davidson had warned that China could attack Taiwan in the following six years, by 2027, capturing headlines around the world. Now he's taken the opportunity to visit Taiwan to gain an understanding of Taiwan's response measures. I've also been able to observe on this trip to observe the energy of Taipei, the ongoing construction and the robustness of its industry, the spirit of the Taiwan Armed Forces, and the extraordinary kindness with which the people of, with which the people of Taiwan have greeted us. In the face of the expansion of authoritarianism, Taiwan must improve its self-defense capabilities in order to maintain national security. With determination and confidence, we can be more capable of defending our country. We are also extremely willing to continue to deepen our cooperation with the U.S. and other like-minded partners. Tsai reiterated that Taiwan was committed to defending itself, showing Davidson that no matter how much pressure Beijing puts, Taiwan will not succumb. In his current visit to the U.S., Legislative Yuan Speaker Yoshi Kun urged the world to beware of the Chinese Communist Party. Now the world is watching whether Yo will meet with U.S. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, who recently slapped down Beijing's threats against him visiting Taiwan this spring. Let's hear more from these two representatives. The most dangerous thing about the CCP is the nature of its regime. The only guarantee of peace is the rise of democracy. Legislative Yuan Speaker Yo Xi-kun was invited to speak at the International Religious Freedom Summit in the U.S., where he fired shots at the Chinese Communist Party. Many U.S. mainstream media outlets reported that Yo will be attending the National Prayer Breakfast, an important event in Washington, D.C. Usually, the president and cabinet members attend, so what many are watching is whether Yo will meet with Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy at the event. I think that for our representative offices in the U.S., that is, our ambassadors, they should be in close communication and have appropriate arrangements. When answering sensitive questions, Yo was guarded. 
However, McCarthy was unyielding in his responses after U.S. media revealed recently that he planned to visit Taiwan this spring, prompting a shrill warning from China. Your reaction to China warning you against visiting Taiwan. Any reaction to China's warning against visiting Taiwan for you? I, I don't think China can tell me where I can go at any time at any place. Whether it's me coming to the U.S. or the U.S. helping Taiwan, protesting has become their SOP. If those officials don't protest, I think they probably can't survive. Neither McCarthy nor Yeo are entertaining China's threats, and the possibility of a meeting between the two is highly anticipated. At a spring festival gathering in Taipei for Taiwanese business people working in China, President Tsai Ing-wen gave a speech calling for open dialogue with Beijing, saying that the door for communication is wide open. Meanwhile, Taiwanese business people urged for direct flights between China and Taiwan to fully resume. President Tsai Ing-wen, Mainland Affairs Council Minister Chiu Tai-san, Minister of Economic Affairs Wang Meihua, and Straits Exchange Foundation Acting Chair Rock Xu raised their glasses high and wished Taiwanese business people a Happy New Year. The annual Spring Festival gathering of Taiwanese business people in China, which was suspended for three years due to the COVID-19 pandemic, finally resumed this year. In Taipei, 30 tables were made up to seat more than 200 attendees to the event. President Tsai herself also gave a speech, sending a message not just to Taiwanese business people, but also Beijing. I would like to emphasize again that maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is the responsibility of both sides of the strait and a shared expectation for all of us. I would like to reiterate that the door of communication is always open wide, and we are willing to start a dialogue with the Beijing authorities in a rational, equal and mutually respectful manner to find feasible paths that are acceptable to both sides and promote regional peace and stability. The president's display of goodwill towards China was made just on the eve of the get-together. This comes at the same time as an announcement by China's Taiwan Affairs Office that now is the time to resume normal cross-strait flights, and that priority could be given to 16 direct flight routes, such as Taiwan to Guangzhou. Taiwanese business leaders attending the event also echoed the call for fully opening cross-strait flights as soon as possible. Taiwanese business people hope that the number of flight destinations in Taiwan can be substantially increased as soon as possible. I emphasize once again that this is probably what the 1.5 million holders of mainland travel permits in China are looking forward to the most. We will write some assessment plans based on the current situation and submit them to the top for all relevant ministries to discuss. It seems like no coincidence that the pressure from Taiwanese business people towards high comes as China pushes to resume cross-strait flights. The U.S. Federal Reserve announced an interest rate hike of 25 points, as expected. The announcement sent U.S. shares rallying, propping up Taiwan shares on Thursday. The TIEX opened high and closed higher, up 175 points, or 1.14 percent, at 15,595. Let's hear from an analyst.
Today, semiconductor shares were the strongest, for example, TSMC shares and the shares of some companies of chip OEMs. Even MediaTek shares performed very well. If the return of foreign investors becomes even clearer, that could inject some funds in, which could have a positive effect on the market. Institutional investors bought a net 23.7 billion NT. Over in the exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar picked up 26.5 cents against the greenback to close at 29.7 NT against the U.S. unit. That is the highest figure in seven months and a half. Today in our Spotlight story, we meet award-winning artist Liu Zhihong. After attending an art residency program in the Netherlands, he was inspired to build a series of ceramic-based sound installations and sculptures inspired by serpents. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Liu to find out more about his work. This is the largest ceramic installation at the exhibition, Udu and the Tone. Created by Liu, the piece was inspired by a Nigerian percussion instrument, the Udu. Liu spent over a year creating this work with a mixture of black clays, sand, and gravel. The serpentine sculpture emits sounds from different cultures. Liu said he spent a year researching ceramics and clays and learning about folk instruments and sound resonance in cylindrical structures. Very traditional in, uh, instrument from Nigeria called Udu. So I tried to use the Udu and to like um, make it different, like use it sculpture way and use uh, ceramics and clay and using uh, like fire and different kind of clay and different temperature of fire so they will have so many different kinds of tongue. There's also this sculpture, the trap, modeled after traditional fish traps. Traditionally made out of bamboo, Leo recreated his with clay. It is shaped like drums and can be played like an instrument. Like people usually use it for catching like fishes in the uh, in the river, but usually made by bamboo. So I just use the shape, and I use also use another kind of materials like clay to make the shape of, of the trap. And also, may you can you can see like there's a snake inside the trap, and also the body like uh, how can I say? Like rolling together. Born in Xinzhu, Liu has won several prestigious art awards over the course of his artistic career. His works have been collected by the Taipei Fine Arts Museum and the National Taiwan Museum of Fine Arts. His creations span a variety of mediums, including ceramic sculptures, paintings, images, installations, and even short films. During his art residency at the European Ceramic Work Center in 2021, Leo became inspired to create a series of ceramic sound installations and sculptures that revolve around the theme of serpents. Through his works, he hopes to explore the relationship between sound, cultural symbols, and objects. So I tried to use the icon, snake or we call serpent, to make the connection with uh, like some ceremonies or some some habit in different area. Yeah. Because like music or or we call uh, like songs, sometimes we use it to like say something to other people. So I'm really curious about that. Liu is currently participating in an art residency at the Inga Ceramics Museum. He hopes to perfect his craft and continue to create a wide range of works in different mediums. 
His works will be on display at the Mindset Art Center till February 24th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Han in Taipei. The CECC has halted plans to make an announcement about the easing of Taiwan's indoor mask mandate, which was originally scheduled for Thursday. Health officials cited three reasons for the postponement. Rising occupancy of COVID wards, the need to iron out details across government agencies, and an expected uptick in infections after the holidays. Let's hear from the CECC head. Today. 还在算是这个高点当中，看起来是这个地缘通报，哈，有一些效应。We're still calculating where the peak will be. It seems we're seeing the effects of delayed reporting. We'll watch the situation a few days to see if the pressure eases off the medical system and whether case numbers get stable. If certain thresholds are reached, we will announce new mask policies. Today, we're reporting 26,793 local infections, 292 important infections, and 74 deaths. The local infection number is about 41.5% higher than last Thursday. Though COVID cases bounce back after the Lunar New Year break, week-on-week -week growth is slowing down, whereas Monday and Tuesday saw more than double the cases in previous week. Thursday's cases were just about 40% higher than last week. CECC head Victor Wang says Taiwan could follow the path of other countries and downgrade COVID to a Category 4 communicable disease in May, putting it on par with chickenpox. When that happens, the CECC will be dissolved. The heads of Taiwan's six special municipalities on Thursday attended a meeting at the Executive Yuan for the first time in more than three years of COVID. DPP and KMT mayors spoke for two and a half hours, saying that they were glad to have the opportunity to communicate with each other and the central government. Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe says the occasion marked a good start for the cabinet led by Premier Chen Jianren. New Taipei Mayor Hou Youyi and Vice Premier Zheng Wenchan chat as they march along with the mayors of the other five special municipalities. One by one, they answered questions from reporters. I think Premier Chen's performance today was more earnest than I had anticipated. He was very patient and paid close attention to our opinions. When we came out, I told Vice Premier Zheng Wenchan, you're the contact person now. We'll be working a lot together in the future. We hope that the central and local governments can work together across party lines. With plentiful communication, we can solve problems quickly. The government officials were in high spirits and even spent time after the meeting having refreshments together. All in all, they chatted for two and a half hours. The meeting was Chen Jianren's first as head of the Executive Yuan and was intended to be an icebreaker with the heads of Taiwan's six special municipalities. Taichung Mayor Lu Xiuyan brought a gift for Chen, an invitation to watch the World Baseball Classic starting next month. Premier Chen was very happy to receive my invite. I hope he comes. We are really looking forward to the central government making good on its promises regarding the monthly transport pass for the Greater Taipei area. I hope they can integrate the means of transport operated by the central government and provide the financial support needed. I'm very thankful for the positive response from the Premier and the different ministers.
能够把它形成一个啊制度性的啊啊沟通的。I think having a structured communication channel can be very beneficial to promoting national infrastructure projects and the development of local industries. 呃，这三年多因为疫情，大家没有办法。Over the past more than three years of COVID, we haven't really had the chance to come to the Executive Yuan for talks. This is a fantastic first step. Local leaders from both KMT and DPP seemed optimistic about the new cabinet led by Chen, praising his attempts to communicate with all parties. A recent accident in China has brought awareness to the hazards of alcohol-based fuels in cooking burners. The tragic accident occurred when a family was cooking a hot pot using chafing fuel, and it exploded. Restaurants that use chafing fuel have procedures to minimize risk, but if you use a small burner at home, do you know how to stay safe? We spoke to some experts to learn what to do. With the weather as cold as this, hot pots are in high demand. But the fire can be a hazard. All restaurants that use chafing fuel have to follow a standard procedure. First, they use utensils to create a vacuum and put out the fire. Then they take a new pot before adding chafing fuel. We don't want the chafing fuel to splash on customers' clothes, so we take clear preventative measures. Liquid ethanol is even more dangerous. This family in China was eating hot pot at home when, without warning, the chafing fuel that was poured on exploded. When it's liquid, it will spread outwards, so that makes the burning surface even larger. So alcohol burners are even more dangerous. Chafing fuel is an extremely viscous fluid, so it is not as dangerous as an alcohol burner. This fire department overseas did a test, adding ethanol before the fire was extinguished. You can see how violently the Flame erupts. Outdoor camping is very trendy these days. Alcohol burners are portable and therefore popular. But if you use one, experts recommend carrying this little item around. I suggest you have a wet rag on hand and use the wet rag to cover the flame. Don't put it out with water because alcohol can run as a liquid, and when you put water on it, it will run even faster. If you're lighting a hot pot burner or a camping stove this festive season, make sure you know how to keep it safe. The weather is getting colder, and that means food should be getting hotter. Traditionally, a bowl of hot noodles is the perfect answer to a cold day. But Tainan chefs are always finding new ways to enjoy the classic noodle dish. Today, we meet a chef who brings new colors into ramen, both gastronomically and aesthetically. A bowl of savory ramen, but blue. The chef added the blue butterfly pea flower to chicken stock. The soup has a hint of fresh pomelo. You can even add pomelo juice to turn the blue soup purple. Hokkaido kombu goes in the pan to steep for a whole night. The chef doesn't add chicken bones. That creates a clear, fresh broth. Chicken legs provide a rich flavor. When the broth is bubbling, it's time to turn down the heat and let it simmer slowly. If you use chicken bones, the broth might turn out murkier. Using chicken legs, the broth is clearer. Butterfly pea flowers are added to the slow-simmered broth, and in no time at all, the blue starts appearing. 
The chef adds noodles and sous vide chicken breasts, and finally, a garnish of fresh pomelo. We make butterfly pea ramen, so the broth needs to be a bit clearer, so you can see the effect of the peas better. And how about this red wine sirloin steak ramen? A rich soup combined with techniques from Italian cooking create a delicious, flavorful ramen. The thick sauce made with red wine is stirred continuously. The ramen noodles are added along with American sirloin steak. And there's one more step. Beef marinated in red wine. We simmer it in beef juices as well as red wine, and we add some onions and seasoning. And finally, try the miso ramen. Vegetables are stir-fried to bring out the rich flavors. This ramen bowl has an eye-catching appearance. As the nights grow colder, a bowl of hot noodles is just the thing. Karate star Wen Ziyun on Thursday announced she has decided to end her competitive career. In a social media post, the karateka stated that she had contemplated the decision for a long time. She decided to re-evaluate her athletic career after realizing that she felt nothing even after winning a certain competition. The 29-year-old has many achievements under her belt, including a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics in the women's 55-kilogram event. She's also won two back-to-back -back golds at the Asian Games in Incheon and Jakarta in 2014 and 2018. In her post, one says she wanted to bid farewell to her sporting life while she was still in shape, adding that February 2nd marks the beginning of her second life.